Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Deceptively Fast Podcast number 14. It's Couture's in French. Uh, I am joined today by Paul Gallant. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? Paul's my co-host on my morning radio show here in Houston. Um, I'm I'm probably going to be having him on at least once a week during the season for as long as I can get away with not paying him uh, <laughs> until we start running commercials on this thing. And then he'll probably try to stage a walkout or something. By then you guys will be hooked on him and then we'll have to bring Paul in. So does that sound, does that sound like a plan to that you, That sounds good to me. And as Sports Radio 610 well knows, I do things often ver- for much, much, much beneath what uh, my actual value <laughs> is. And I don't care because I don't understand my own value. There's this movement with the millennials and younger where people are like people my age are saying, Hey, don't write things for free. These blogs are going to try to get you to write things for free for publicity. Don't do it. And people your age are like, well, okay, but like, I actually do need publicity you and need to build I, a following. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, so for me, even though I don't get paid for the other things that I do, I get paid for the TV show I do with John Lopez, which is a sports zone and filter, but I've been trying and this has been something that's really tough for me to do. Cause I procrastinate like a motherfucker. I need to write more. I actually did uh, a yeah. blog post this week. Are more blog posts going to come? I don't know. I'll, but I'll, yeah, I, I tweeted your blog post I appreciate out. appreciate that. There's people that you hate hearing from even more than Ray Lewis. Right. There's an amusing anecdote about the speaker that I had for my 2011 commencement. The person who I think was either valedictorian or salutatorian, sal- I don't even know how to say Salutatorian? Salutatorian, right, of Newhouse School of Communications, essentially gave the same speech that Billy Madison gives in the uh, uh, academic decathlon, except for instead of the speech being about how the Industrial Revolution and the puppy who lost its way relate, it was a 22-year-old that doesn't have a job explaining through the story, if you give a mouse a cookie, how... Our lives are about to take off. I so he to did shoot it. Myself. Did he do it intentionally? No. Like a satire? Oh, it just no, ended it was, up being a stupid speech. It was a dumb speech, and this person again was either the <laughs> top or second in Newhouse School of Communications, which is supposedly this prestigious worldwide communication school. You can follow Paul at Gallant says on Twitter. What are you on Instagram? Uh, Pauly Gallant. I'm getting on the gram myself. You, you, yeah, you Seth got, you, C. Payne on the gram. I mean, you, you you did the selfies with Seth during the Super Bowl. I feel like you have a good eye for pictures. The gram is, is, is where the future of social media is right now. I don't know how it's going to change. Is Snapchat soon. falling out of favor? Are the no kids already Snapchat sick of Snapchat? I, I, I that was use, a thing for like three months, wasn't it? Right. I, I only use Snapchat to send private messages. Oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> so it's like, still good for that? It's still good for that. But uh, Instagram Instagram basically copied Snapchat. I mean, the only thing that Snapchat has on Instagram is is like geolocation. And hell, Instagram might already have that at this point. It seems like Instagram's doing a good job of absorbing all these other functions that other apps already have. They just rip everyone off. Yes. And Facebook is just completely dead to the younger generation. Facebook is a basically a, a, a 
tie into Instagram. So Instagram okay. and Facebook have some sort of partnership with one another. So the thing that Instagrams took from Snapchat most recently was the story feature. So you send like a picture or a video of what you're currently doing so people can see what you're doing and it disappears after 24 hours. Now it's actually posting to your Facebook. So Facebook stories now exist and they're happening through Instagram. Okay. I got to sit down and think about this I know, this right? It's so while. complicated. I'm trying to like every, every week I make a new resolution. I, I'm going to be more active on social media. And then, like, two hours into it, I'm like, I, I hate people. It's I so can't tough. do this. It's so tough. I mean, Twitter is just a, do- a dark void of despair. But Because of the politics. It didn't used to be so dark, but once politics became so pervasive on Twitter, mm-hmm. and then the way politics has become, yeah. it just filters into everything else. Yes. It leaches out into every other, like, sports, entertainment, everything. And meanwhile, Instagram is actually a fairly positive experience because, for the most part, you're just seeing pictures. Right. And like, you got to go out of your way to be a jerk on Instagram, right? Where you have to psychologically think like, oh, that's a picture of a person. I'm going to be mean to that person right there. The accounts I follow are friends. Then there are joke accounts on Instagram, which are amusing to me. So they'll put memes up and stuff. Uh, Barstool Sports is perhaps most successful with its Instagram pages and they have several of oh, them. Oh really? Yeah, oh yeah, they 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 post these viral videos essentially. Uh-huh. So it's like the new YouTube and they've Instagram. Got, Cuz they've got a whole network of people sending them videos, exactly. right? So right. they're just filtering through it and kicking some, them back out. Some some people send them, otherwise they find them and they curate yeah. them of their uh their own. Um but Instagram is a very positive experience these days and and you're right, like you have to really look for something bad for me. I follow people I like. I follow joke accounts, uh, and I also follow Instagram models because I'm a pervert. <laughs> no, you're a young single man. I, I, you're I, like I, Joe Namath when he was giving that interview around the pool table. Like, hey, I'm a young single man. What do you want me to do? I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna enjoy the the fruits of being exactly. a young single man. I'm just, I'm just looking. I'm not touching. Yeah, <laughs> but you're allowed to touch too. Uh, that that is true. That uh, is very true. This is how it's gonna go, everybody. For the most part, over the next. Six months, really, over football season. I'm going to try to put out at least two podcasts a week. Probably at least three when I get down to it. We're solidifying a few things. We're going to end up hosting the podcast on the Entercom app, radio.com, so I can still do it with my employer and I'm not pissing anybody off. (laughs) But I'm going to basically start off with football at the beginning of everything, and then I'll slowly work in circles outward towards health and fitness and science and pop culture and all those things. But I'm going to give you at least a little bit of football at the beginning of everything. I'm almost also working on bringing in a few weekly guests, um, some some somewhat bigger names in NFL, some former players and executives that may or may not be on board. I'll Do have it. more details there. Do it. Yes. Yeah, give bigger names than me. I appreciate but, being but, on. But, but I can only I can only give them the shaft on the pay for so long. Like, yeah. I got to start paying them immediately. <laughs> uh, Paul, I've like I've given you vague promises of like, hey, come come September or maybe, you know, March. You know, the money will be rolling in. Since I'm such a new part of the morning show, I'm just a whore for any <laughs> any publicity whatsoever. So follow Galant at uh, Galant says yeah. on Twitter. Preseason football. I find myself more and more excited this year than I've ever been before. And I think it's because of the quarterbacks. Oh, definitely. I think there are just so many more actual viable quarterbacks right now. And rookie quarterbacks are capable of playing better now than I think we've seen in a long time. And you can just kind of envision them coming in and doing something earlier. This weekend, we got a bunch of games on Thursday. I'm genuinely excited for these guys. And tell me who you're also excited about. Baker Mayfield. Uh, we're going to see yeah. a bunch of Baker Mayfield. I, especially if he's, look, if he's not the starting quarterback, 
you got to play Baker Mayfield a bunch in the preseason. If, if I had to pick, and, and this is not because of this, this has nothing to do with the situations that they're all in, but going into the draft, Baker Mayfield was my favorite quarterback in this year's draft class. And I am excited to actually see him get to play. And I'm also intrigued because Cleveland has so many young players. The tricky thing with the preseason now is I don't know who ends up playing and who doesn't end up playing. It seems like teams have gotten into this mode where they realize that the practices that they have are much more valuable than the actual games. So we're seeing fewer and fewer meaningful players play a serious amount of time. I feel like even in the third preseason game, we've started to see teams going away from the traditional hey let's play the whole first team for a half oh it used to be really simple and basic it was hey first preseason game the starters will play a quarter second preseason you play two quarters third preseason you play three quarters and then the fourth preseason they did used to play starters in the fourth preseason a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's strange to even think about now now everybody's on mothballs the Rams are playing the Ravens. I'm excited to Lamar. see for the second time in a, in a row now. We're going to see some Lamar Jackson. We're going to see some RG3. There's there. This is one of the actual intriguing things about training yeah. camp this year is, is RG3 going to be able to latch on as a quarterback on an NFL franchise? He temporarily made it move for a little in the first game <laughs> of the season. Temporarily. It didn't last very long. As far as Lamar Jackson's concerned, it was. Is he was? Was it like, uh, boy? It wasn't bad. RG three. It was almost like seeing the homecoming queen at your twenty year reunion, Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh wow, she's still kind of the same person, and that's enough. I I remember (laughs) what she was like, and that's enough. I, I expected a lot worse, but he was moving around fairly well. He does not have very good pocket presence anymore, but there are a couple of plays that he made while moving around that were impressive. Again, it's just nice to see that he is not a complete husk at this point. And I was pissed off that we had to wait until the second half for Lamar Jackson. I mean, and on top of that, Lamar Jackson's first series, we get a big smattering of Ray Lewis on top of that. I'm glad that he waited until the second half because Lamar Jackson is not shying away from contact at all. No, I'd rather not. see him get slide. I'd rather see him get tackled by the C squad. <laughs> like work on that. You've got that film to work with. But before some murderous all pro comes up and hacks his head off, like he's got to start to learn to he, avoid contact. He's lowering contact. his shoulder. I mean, I know. what are you doing? <laughs> you know, he, and and. and we all remember Lamar Jackson as being very wiry at Louisville, and maybe he's packed on a little bit of weight, but you're not Cam Newton, man. Cam Newton is a giant battering ram. Like, imagine Cam Newton. I go back to this story where, where Drew Bledsoe and Max Lane, they were at a club, and they threw themselves into the into the audience, and, yeah. and it, invo- inv- it resulted in some losses. Oh, that's right. I yeah, just think I of, like, that. what would have happened if Cam Newton had done that? Cam Newton is like a nuclear <laughs> missile descending on these people. Well, from all between size and... Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, that's like in Boston. Shit. Yeah. He's in Boston. Oh, oh God, especially in Boston. But uh, Lamar Jackson, you're not that. You're definitely, you're not, definitely Cam you're not Cam Newton. Well, that's one of the other intriguing things. So, Calvin Benjamin, former receiver for the Panthers, who is now with the Buffalo Bills, spouted off about how, man, imagine what I could have done if I had a quarterback who knew what he was doing and was actually accurate. He was what taking shots at Cam Newton. And A couple things about that. One, he's now with the Buffalo Bills, who just drafted Josh Allen, who's not accurate at At all. all. But the, I didn't realize they're playing this week, that the Panthers and the Bills are playing in the preseason. Oh, I didn't either. So Holy I shit. doubt Cam Newton plays at all. We might see some 
Josh Allen trying to connect or Nathan Peterman trying to connect or I, I, AJ you know McCarron what? trying to you connect. Know what? I, I think I think we'll ultimately end up seeing Josh Allen late in the game and we will see a lot of Nathan Peterman because if I'm the Bills, I want to I want to advertise to as many teams as possible that even though we're out on the Nathan Peterman experiment because I mean, he look at all the interceptions he's thrown in both the games that he played. I know he was young, all that shit, but I, I think they're already out on Nathan Peterman, and I think they want to advertise to as many people as possible. Hey, this is what Nathan Peterman could be for you. That's a really good point. It's in their best interest to really, they'll give him the Ryan Mallett experience, yeah. where a few years ago, wow, Ryan Mallett, just look at him. Yeah. Did you see how many balls he completed in seven on seven? He's a pro quarterback. What do you think? So you might you might want to wait until the second half for that game. I could be totally wrong there, but I imagine you'll see A.J. McCarron and Peterman in the first half. Well, it was the same thing as Osweiler in Cleveland last year. Like, let's see, God help us. We got to try to market this guy somehow, some way. Let's pretend <laughs> like he's actually a starter. The one other guy I'm interested in seeing, just because there have been good reports out of him, Mason Rudolph, the rookie quarterback with the Steelers who was just drafted. Reports are that he's really good. Mm -hmm. If he does work out, then he'd be the the next in line. I hear Mason Rudolph, and I can't stop myself from thinking Mason Plumley, and then thinking like every other Plumley, and I just I can't take him seriously until I stop envisioning Mason Plumley in my mind. He's handled the whole Ben Roethlisberger being a bit of a dick thing uh, yeah. fairly well, so I'll give him credit for that. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I want to see Sam Darnold play. I don't know what's going to happen with Darnold. I want to look at him objectively, but I can't help but say he is a USC quarterback. He has had things handed to him essentially his whole life. He plays in a conference that doesn't have that much talent top to bottom in the Pac-12. And on top of that, I mean, USC quarterbacks always have the best supporting cast possible. How is he going to handle being in New York? He's really young. But I'm not feeling the the Sam Darnold uh, movement. I wonder if his preseason has anything at all to do with what they plan on doing with Teddy Bridgewater. Because Teddy, and that's another one of the intriguing guys yeah. you're going to see in the preseason. The Teddy Bridgewater, what's he look like? You'll I mean, there, he was available to everybody in the NFL, and not everybody wanted him, and there are a lot of concerns about his health. So what does Teddy Bridgewater look like, and does he have any value? So I would imagine you're going to see a lot of Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to try like hell to make him look good. But I don't know, depending on how Darnold looks, okay, do we keep an extra, do we keep Bridgewater in the fold? Or if Darnold looks like he really might be ready, then do we ship him out? Yeah. Because you have McCown, too. I mean, you just, you've got a crowded quarterback right room. yeah very very crowded quarterback room but like not a bad quarterback room to have if you're the new, if you're the New York Jets for a change this is actually like a, a good one uh the one other thing I want to see I want to see Saquon Barkley uh for the New York Giants I don't know how many reps he will get in 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 that first preseason game for the New York Giants but I mean you have had the last two years top 10 running backs have incredible impacts for their respective teams Ezekiel Elliott Leonard Fournette if Barkley does it again I mean I think we have to reevaluate the way that teams are drafting if you keep on getting this kind of success out of running backs then I mean why are we so scared and and our, our co-host on Mad Radio Mike Meltzer does not like the idea of drafting a running back in the in, in the top 10 picks I I feel like we got to reevaluate especially if Barkley comes on and bursts onto the scene like a lot of people are expecting him to it's always the way the pendulum swings too like as soon as everybody starts undervaluing a position then you can jump on and and you look, the Patriots drafted an injury-prone running back. Who's dealing with injuries right now. In the he, first, yeah, like yeah, we, might not, we might not see him the Sony entire Michelle. time. Uh, yeah, Barkley, just because I've, uh, Eli Manning gushing over Barkley's legs and how much he stares at them uh, in an almost an erotic fashion has got me intrigued to see Barkley. Good, good for Eli Manning. You know what? You can, you can appreciate a man's physique. You, don't you can do it in a way that, yeah, you know, 20 years ago, you might have been ashamed to say that. And oh, now definitely. people are more open about it. Or You know what would have happened 20 years ago? People would have made way more jokes about it. 
about it. And we would have like, and you would have gotten away with like saying a lot of really pretty ignorant stuff. Be like, hey, did you see that Eli said almost something almost mildly homosexual? Let's make <laughs> jokes about it for the next four weeks. And we'll we'll tag every joke with, not that there's anything wrong with it. I, I'm, I'm someone with negative body issues. And I'm just reminding myself of last night. I was watching, I was watching the, uh, bachelorette with yeah. a, a group of friends and, and and this girl that that I've been on a couple of dates with she's sitting next to me and at, at some point we, we I don't know why we were comparing thighs and she said I think I have bigger thighs than you and, and I was god damn it fuck <laughs> no there's no response to that what are you like, gonna say I said like yeah those are thunderous I I, I I said in response I was like well I actually felt ashamed I was like shouldn't I have bigger thighs than you because I'm a man and then and then I was like well I mean I have a pretty nice ass I mean <laughs> I didn't feel about that that's, she's a good, like, that's a good pivot there right but you I got s- away from the situation altogether. I, I you don't end up bragging legs. about your own leg yeah. size. These social media dating apps are interesting. Uh, I, I was on this app. Uh, I think I think it was Hinge, and I matched with somebody, and they give you like a little bit of information to like send your first line. And she said, you know, I'm into fitness. If you have chicken legs, don't message me. And I said, like, hmm, well, I sort of have chicken legs, but I also have quite the tuchus. And she unmatched with me immediately. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with her? I don't know. What a oh. bitch. I hate her. Nah, she's the equivalent of, like, fitness dude that's way too into himself. Like, you know, a lot of girls will, like, specifically avoid shredded fitness dude because they think, and sometimes unfairly, oh, this guy's all about himself and he's going to be Counting carbs instead of paying true, attention but, to me. But I mean, like, I, I don't know. Sarcasm gets lost in, in, in message form. That's true. Twitter. She might have thought you were a weirdo. Right? Yeah. yeah she might not know what took us. She might have thought took us was like a racial slur. I feel. I feel. She was I like, feel, look at this. Look at this Nazi coming after me. <laughs> I feel bad for calling her the B word. Oh well. Sad, sad day. Sad day. <laughs> Welcome right. to the podcast. One of the other big themes, obviously, in the preseason is the new helmet rule, the lowering of the helmet rule, which was invoked three times in the first preseason game at the Hall of Fame game. Uh Viking safety Anderson uh, Anderson Dejo. Wait, is it Anderson? Anderson Dejo. Yeah, it's Andrew. I always want to say Anderson. Why is that? Uh, anyway, Anderson Dejo. Uh, he's been wearing a hat that says "Make football violent again." I sense that you're nervous about football becoming a little bit, a little too castrated. Well, I I I feel that this is the problem across all sports. Referees are incompetent. Oh, that's and a good point. Part of it has to do with they are now obsolete because we have if you're watching a game at home you can see everything that happens it's not even their fault that they're incompetent but they just can't compare to these replays and this is going to result in a lot of paused games and this isn't good for any sports i'm big into cutting the time down. I mean, college football games last four hours now. I like college football, but the four-hour side of things needs some changes. Football does not need delays in addition to making it extremely difficult Again, like adding they an know, extra you're, you're element adding for defensive judgment players. Calls and, that, and judgment now, but now that aren't reviewable except in case of ejection, as far as I understand right, it. Right. So there, at least, you're going to have judgment calls that affect games. The fact that it's not reviewable is going to... This seems like the kind of rule that they're not going to get rid of, but could end up becoming reviewable, which would be unbearable. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know why it can't be as simple as this. You use the rugby rule where you have to wrap. You have to wrap when you tackle. If you don't wrap when you when you tackle in rugby, it's a foul. 
and it's simple. Like, it's really easy to officiate. You're either doing it or not. There would be helmet-to-helmet contact, but you can't. It's impossible to use yourself like a missile if you're not ra- if you're also rapping while you tackle. Yeah, no, that's true because you are going to slow up just a little bit at the end. And uh, you have to come up. you got to be a little bit more vertical. you got to keep your head up and your torso up to be able to actually rap somebody. How, how many times would you say you tackled in a way where you weren't wrapping up? Um, I, it's hard to say because a lot of times you're just taking guys' legs out. And just if like just throwing yourself at, on the ground. If you're diving at them or if you're off balance or something, you're not wrapping up perfectly, you know? Right. Because um, you're, you're in a different spot. You don't have like a lot of forward momentum going yeah. at a lot of these players unless tackling, it's like quarterback. I think tackling's actually gotten better in the past decade because of a lot of this stuff. That's what's ironic to me is I, I think in a lot of ways – these new rules are actually creating more old school football. And by old school, I mean like 1950s, 60s, and 70s. It really wasn't until the 80s and 90s where things got like, hey, I'm going to launch myself at this yeah, dude right. and try to get the turnover at all costs versus actually making a form tackle. I see way more form tackling now than I did in the last 20 years. That, but this is this is where I get a little concerned. And I forget where specifically this happened in the first preseason game of the season between the Ravens and the Bears. But there was... A play, I want to say it was a Ravens wide receiver catching the football and the Chicago Bears safety tackled him. It looks like a form tackle. Right. Perfect. Like he got square, put his shoulder into him, wrapped him up, drove yep. him into the ground. And they called a necessary roughness. I don't know if it was because of the helmet. I don't know if it was because I think it was because I think it was because the, the officials not know what they're doing yet. Okay. Like that's where I don't get concerned about those in the preseason because they always focus on something in the preseason and they call it way more than they're going to during the regular season. I remember one year it was defensive holding with the defensive yeah, line and it was yes. it was terrifying because you know why? Because I was on the teaching video. They showed me, really? they showed a teaching video of defensive holding and they like there were four examples and two of them were me. There was a plot against me. It was the plot against Seth that preseason and I did end up getting more during the regular season I felt like they'd poisoned the officials minds what 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 year was that was this 2003 2004 <sighs> that was right around then because I remember we lost a game to Jacksonville where we had stopped them on fourth down if the call got overturned or um I got flagged for defensive holding and the Jaguars got a first down and ended up kicking a field goal oh, yeah yeah it hurt that it sucks. hurt bad and I, yeah I mean did I hold Possibly by like by the strictest interpretation of the rule. I, I had a similar experience where a penalty may have cost my team the game, but it was definitely a lot more blatant. I was playing a pickup basketball game. I was morally opposed to the idea of cherry picking. There was a guy cherry picking on the opposition. I thought to myself, I'm fast. I'm going to run him down and hurt him. Yeah. So I just drilled him out, out, out of bounds. Not only does he make the layup that he threw up, but he also gets a free throw for an and one and a technical foul three free throw. Four point play. We lose by one point. None of my friends talked to me the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it was you because you've got a history in the asshole. past too, right? Yeah, right. it wasn't like just random, like oh, Paul made a mistake. It's like no, Paul's core constitution showed up like it always does. Cost us an undefeated season in the regular season of the intramural basketball uh, year. So Odell Beckham Jr., depending on when you're listening to this podcast, maybe this already happened. Maybe you heard an earlier report that was corrected by a later report. Josina Anderson was reporting that he was ready to walk out because talks were breaking down where other people reported that no, actually, uh, they're pretty close to making him the highest paid wide receiver. I, I've gone in the last four or five months from being really nervous about paying Odell Beckham Jr. a lot of money to realizing, all right, the dude is magnificent. He's got his own little weird quirks and diva qualities, but 
pay him now. He's young. He's going to be electric. And if you want to get the absolute most out of Eli Manning, if you had a young quarterback that was going to be around for another decade, then I might say like, okay, be the hard asses and make him wait and set the example. Eli Manning might have like two years left in a max. You got to get the most out of him. And that means having Odell Beckham. He, he is undersized compared to some of those bigger players. He's, he's in that sort of Antonio Brown mold and Brown got the big time contract. I think when you're coming off of that injury, the ankle injury, there might be a little bit of hesitation. But if anyone's seen the workout videos that he's put out there this summer, mm. he looks exactly mm. as he always does. Again, I know workout videos in the offseason, but... This dude, if he gets paid, is... Is he going to change his him? lifestyle? I, I don't think his I feel lifestyle like he's is been, already pretty, pretty something. Yeah, else. okay, he'll be jet-setting and everything. I do worry with the money that guys make today, and I'd include just even rookies on their rookie contract. The fact that they're able to fly to Miami like so easily and maybe I'll get together and get a private jet. It's different. It's different. Old days, you'd go out on a Sunday night if you're an irresponsible young guy. You might party and not go to sleep at all, but then show up and work out at the facility on Monday morning. Mm -hmm. Now it's turned into like, hey, we're all going to Vegas or hey, we're going to South Beach. That's a whole different level. Like you don't recover from that. I don't care if you're flying private or anything. You don't recover from that as easily. Right. And and it probably wasn't the best idea for Odell Beckham Jr. and his friends slash teammates to go to Miami the week of the wild card game against the playoffs. It obviously didn't end well for Odell Beckham Jr. To say that that was the reason he sucked is 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 a bit of a stretch, but it didn't help that he had a bunch of drops in it's that a, game. It's a bad Look, if you're going to do it, you got to back it up. Exactly. Like, you just got to, you got to be the guy that shows up despite all that. And you're like, or, oh my God, this guy's superhuman. Or do a better job of keeping it private. Like, what, yeah. what, what was the point of posting the picture where everyone's shirtless wearing jeans on a boat? Why the <laughs> fuck are you wearing jeans? Yeah. Uh, was, was the picture Miami. taken in the morning? Was it like early Monday morning when I, they were on the boat? I, I, I don't Nobody know. Nobody knows for sure. I'm right? not 100% sure when. And I suppose that if you're out on the water in Miami during January, it could be a little bit nippy. It might be in like the 60s or something like that but you got the shirt off like pick one or the other last thing baller move of the week uh, as much as I despise Bill Belichick at times just because I'm sick of him he was at the Hall of Fame induction both he and Bob Kraft were there to watch Randy Moss who played for the Patriots and a picture emerges of Bill Belichick posing with Randy Moss next to the trophy or next to the bust and uh, Belichick's wearing flip-flops with uh, flip-flops with khakis and a dress shirt. I've got a question. Why, why are flip-flops so frowned upon? We live in Houston. It's hot yeah. as hell outside. You wear shoes. Your feet are going to become it's, lakes. It's the disparity. I think, well, for one, yeah, people that don't think guys should ever wear flip-flops ever, go screw yourself. Yeah, like live in Florida for, or Texas, it, and I'm sorry, you're going to think otherwise. It's thinking like, okay, this is a nice event. I'm going to wear khakis and a dress shirt, and then, so you... You're showing that you care enough about social convention to do that, but then just throwing on a, a pair of flip-flops is that little extra element of, like, I don't give a damn, which for a guy like Belichick is the ultimate alpha move because he's showing that, like, look, I'm going to wear whatever the hell I want. I like it because it's an alpha move that's accessible to anybody, and you see a lot of people go through life like wearing flip-flops in various circumstances where you're like, damn, that guy doesn't give a fuck. The problem is that that guy that's not Bill Belichick 
he's like not getting a mortgage. Like he's he's showing the alpha move that he doesn't care for the conventions of society. But when you walk but, into the bank like that, you're not getting the mortgage. Well, well I, I I don't. It's not that I wouldn't care about the conventions of society. I think that the conventions of society with flip flops is, is is fucking stupid. Like they're 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 comfy. If they're really nice flip flops, say they're like. Yeah, but you're talking about two different elements. You're talking about flip flops where you're just wearing them in casual uh, situations say, versus flip flops no, like in a business well, setting. I, I'm not talking about like wearing like a pair of like eight ninety nine ones that you get like a Target or something like that. I'm talking about say say you really you're invested about thongs. Say say yeah say you really invested in a in a high quality pair of sandals. Let's yeah. call them that. See, I don't it like those at all. I think those are the most effeminate things you can do. Well, well, like well, the high quality leather ones. I I don't I don't go for that. Okay, but you uh, but for your sake. You're saying like high quality, Say, like those are nice sandals, I, and you're wearing them with like a Miami well, getup. I I just don't get why we have this idea of like slacks versus shorts or shoes versus flip flops, and one is definitively better than the other. Like we live in a hot fucking city. It's probably 100 degrees outside right now. We're yeah. recording this at what 9:30 in the morning, and it's probably already that warm. I. To me, that that's one of the things that's always bothered me, and this is something that I've learned, like going from uh, bar to bar here in Houston. There have been times where I've worn really nice getups, but I'm wearing shorts, and I can't get into somewhere because I'm wearing shorts, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I look better in these shorts and in this shirt, which is like a button down, than that fucker who just walked in. You're thinking that because we live in this climate at this latitude, we should have more of a beach culture yes. than we do. Like it's almost like we we abide by northern cities' rules right. when it comes to climate. And and it is like when you walk around the city of Houston, even though a lot of people outside of Houston think it's all cowboy hats and everything. Like, no, it looks like you're you see people business wear, casual. Business casual, right? You're not you're not dressing up in a three piece suit when it's hundred degrees out, but it's very business casual. Where when you go to like Still wearing a shirt and tie, you right. go to Orlando or Miami, you see a lot more. Just it's accepted that you're going to be wearing a floral print shirt and some shorts somewhere, yeah, like, including like nice restaurants. You right. go and you're wearing like like those nice leather sandals that you talked and, about. And you don't. And hell, I mean, like if if the Floral print shirts are are, are are a little bit too casual. I, I I just feel that we we have. You're right. Like there's this northern style that we all are adhering to, and I don't. I think it should vary. I think style should vary city to city. But then what do you go? If you go southwest, if you go to like Phoenix and everything, there you got people wearing jeans in the heat. I know it's a dry heat, but God, it's 107 right. degrees. Again, like that, 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 that sounds like a terrible, terrible time. I, I, I think if we're marching. We have to remember, too, I don't think fashion's caught up with just how fat we all are now. <laughs> I'm really, but, but again, like, I'm looking at these. I was looking at this old thing from uh, World War II, and it was listing the weights of different service members, like in this platoon when they got, when they went through basic training. Like every single one of them was like 155 pounds. These guys could just flat out, you could wear a wool suit in the summer when you weighed 100. And fifty-five pounds. That's true. You'd still be sweating your balls off, and you better smoke a lot of tobacco so that you don't smell. Well, they were awful. all yeah, and that was the thing too. They were all smoking all the time. All so the time. not all of them, but a lot well, of. Well, I, I think I think most of them. A lot of them smoked like to keep mosquitoes away, and so that they would to smell slightly better. Away. Yeah, yeah. And their breath too. Oh boy. Yeah, back when hygiene wasn't as good, smoking might have dulled the senses too. It dulled your taste and smell. So, So like, your best gal who hadn't showered in a fortnight (laughs) because because you had to (laughs) ladle water into a bucket to do it, it didn't bother you as much. Ah, Paul, it's been a pleasure. We'll we'll round up next week and uh, and see how all these quarterbacks, you know, most of whom will end up sucking, end up doing (laughs) in in week one of the preseason. Thanks, buddy. No problem. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.